Christ. The evidence of Christ is the miraculous signs and wonders. Reprondo Satahaya. The Bible says God accredited him with signs and wonders. Everyone under my voice across the globe. As this message is going all over the continents of the globe right now. And several thousands of people are connected with this service right now. I say, bondages be broken in the name of Jesus. Fetters be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Every spirit assigned against people, I banish you and cast you back to hell. We are entering into the year of lights. As God said, this is the year of new beginnings. And we have seen the hand of God moving in, you know, you know, causing new beginnings of things to happen, both in the church, in the government, and in the nations. And so God said, next year is the year of lights. And so I decree over every form of darkness, I command in the name of Jesus, be lit up by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. A blind, I command your eyes to open. Every sickness that has to do with sight, cataracts, glycoma, whatever the name they may call, clear in the name of Jesus right from the eyes. I release the power of God to the atmosphere. I command dead part of bodies to receive life back. If you are paralyzed in any part of your body, I command the hemisphere of your brain that triggers that, um, that part of your body. Be healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and begin to work. Begin to use your hand. Begin to use your legs. Take control of your body. I command your lymphatic system healed in the name of Jesus. I cause every viral infection to die in the name of Jesus Christ. You are set free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. In the name of Jesus, you are made whole from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Every form of pain in the head, in the limbs, in the fingers, in the joints of body, I cast you to die in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You have a right to good health because it's risen. I wish above all things that you might. Enjoy life and all going well with you. I wish that you might be healthy and all is going well with you. Everything that is happening around you that is contrary to God, I shut them down. Isaiah 14 24 says, The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I plan, it shall be as I purpose, it will stand. Everything manifesting around you that is contrary to God's purposes, I shut them down in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, sovereign Lord, the house of God is a house of liberty and freedom. Gift of heaven, receive in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Ability to see to the realm of the spirit, receive in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Ability to operate in the, the dynamic power and gift of the Holy Spirit, receive in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We bless you, Lord. We glorify the Jehovah. In Jesus' anointed name, we pray it. Open your eyes. Put your hands together for the Lord. Let's take our seats for a few minutes and download from heaven. You know, any time we sing that song, it brings tears to my eyes. When we sing how um, deep the Father's love for us. I remember my message I taught you 
uh, which we did a revision of it, I think, yesterday and day before yesterday on, on our daily broadcast. When I taught you about the love of God for us, the key to the Father's heart is the, is the topic. And we did this for two months. I was teaching you about the key that unlocks the Father's heart. A Christian on earth, from when you are born again, before three months, three, let me see maximum three years that you are born again, you should begin to encounter God. If you are not, you are in the wrong place. You are not being disciples. Christianity is not joining a club. Christianity is coming under instruction of people who have seen the Lord himself and instructing you how to get it. And you get it. If you are a Christian and you have three years after Christianity, you cannot experience God. Something is wrong with your Christianity. It is you are, you are not being fully informed about God. So church is not being affiliated or being loyal to a particular sect. No, 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 no. It is a place. Jesus said in the book of Matthew 28, look at it very quickly before we go into the message of the day. Look at Matthew 28 verse. Let's look from verse 19. What did he say? Therefore, go make what? Disciples. Not members of church. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Isn't it? And then the next verse is, I'm low and low and with you, teaching them to obey everything I have taught, commanded you, and surely I'm with you, Lord, I'm with you always to the end of age. So if you go to a church where you are not taught what Jesus commanded, you will just be like a stagnant water. You will think Christianity is like being a political party. No, 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 no. Christianity is the entrance into spiritual. And every Christian, what I'm talking to you about today has to do with that when we go into it. Christianity is not a joke. It is not just coming to church and knowing people. Jesus says the church will teach people what he had taught them. Why? So that they can become disciples. A disciple means apprentice. It came from the Greek word called mathesis, which means somebody who is learning as an apprentice who will become a professional. And that's the reason why Jesus went further to say in the book of John 12:14. Let's look at that very quickly. And I want us to read it together. Shall we? No, John 14:12. John 14:12. It's 14 of John. Let's read it together. So who has faith in him? I can't see your hand up. That's it. So when somebody gets born again, maximum, it's too even late for three years. If you are taught what Jesus has been teaching, you will do what Jesus is doing. If you cannot do what Jesus is doing, I'm so sorry for you. Your Christian life is just useless. It's just useless. Because a student who went to university for three years and cannot pass examination, what do you call him? He failed. Isn't it? And that depends on the pulpit where you are hearing from. And I want to say this to those of you 
in Christ with Tabernacle and those who listen to my, my, my teaching across the globe, you have impressed me so much in the past two weeks. The reason why you are having manifestation, and it's not only apostles that preach, apostles that, you know, heal the sick or prophesy, that you also do it, is because you have been disciples. I sat at your feet, hearing from your mouth what God has taught you for this year. I was amazed that one, uh, a number of you, not one, told me the message I preached first in the year to detail. And then we went through messages I preached in February, March, April, May. And you were telling me the things I said in those months. I'm so much happy and I feel fulfilled. Amen. I know my work is not in vain because you are the evidence. But you also know that when you came up, because you did not prepare, I just come on the television and say, uh, on, the, on, the, on the screen, I say, today, let's talk about this, okay? Tell me what you know about it. And you start opening up. And I, I will start reminding you of expanding further. So you recognize that I'm teaching you, I also am teaching myself. As you are saying it, I have to expound it more as I said it, exactly what I said because if I'm one of those who just read and write sermon and deliver message, I will not remember those things I have said. We are all God practitioners. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. In the future to come, some of you will be pastoring people. You must know that to pastor people is God has entrusted soul in your hand. Who you have a duty to ensure that they fulfill earthly mandates. And you prepare them to deliver them to Christ in eternity. A pastor who fails in doing that, I do not know whether the doors of eternity will be open to him. So the purpose of pastoring is not just gather people. It is to affect the destiny and ensure that the food you feed the people fulfill their destiny. Remember, God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Second Peter 1 Peter 1.3 And so, when you become a minister or a shepherd among you, or those of you who are leaders in various categories in Christendom, must know this. You have an obligation to ensure that you teach people what Jesus has taught you. And you manifest too what you teach. Because the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the former book of Theophilus, I have written concerning what Jesus, Jesus began to do and then to teach. And your principles in life is that you do first and then you teach. You do not teach what you cannot do. That is Phariseeism. Because what God teaches us is binding over the teacher and the hearers. And the teacher will be joined with stricter measure. That is the scriptures. So understand, the easiest job to have in life is to be a minister of God. But you have to do what you teach. So it means that what you're telling the church you are doing, if you see a church where everybody is spiritual and they love God, they, are, what they want to go higher, is because that is the spirit on the top. That spirit will rub down on you. If I spent night and day praying for you, no wonder many of you are praying midnight now. And Satan is in trouble across the globe. What you are, that is what I am. And you must know this, you must maintain that valor when the Lord will send you out 
and put you in charge or uh, a custodian as a custodian of the souls of other people. We will reach heaven together. I tell you this. Um, I told some people with me in the vestry there before I came in here that I wish everything I'm teaching people would understand it. And he said to me that we understand. <laughs> I said, yes, you do. But you know, the desire of Jesus Christ is like open our head and put himself there. And that is my desire, that God be known by you, so that no one deceives you with any gimmicks. Now, let me talk to you. I want to preach now. I want to remind us that, you know, 2 p.m. we have the meeting with the El Shaddai. Don't worry, we will meet it. This is the end of year, it's review, isn't it? I can't see you nod your head. Because, uh, what do you call this thing you put in my... Um, <laughs> Face mask does not mean no nodding. You can still nod your head. You can still raise your hand in affirmation of what I'm saying. Is that not so? One of the things that I saw is that that face masking and the social distance, I will talk to you when I finish teaching you. It came to my mind that I need to help people recognize that. Don't let, him, don't, don't let that attitude now narrow you down, you know, as members of CFT. Be a normal person. Though you have face mask, but be normal. Okay? Or else you will discover that you may be, you may have been restricted because it is a type of restriction. And if you are not careful, it may have psychological effect on you. But as a believer, you can't allow that. Okay, let me tell you. Then we go to preaching. Every December, I instruct all of you to sit down really before, from October and begin to evaluate your life this year. Okay, and by December you should have been able to do a spreadsheet of your life, financial life, where you can tell me this year how much did your life cost you? How much did you pay for gas bill? How much did you pay for electric bill? How much did you pay for transport? How much did you pay for clothing? How much did you pay for food this year, this month? And I tell you the reason why you have to do that is because the Bible says the Lord will supply your need, not your wants. If you don't know your need and you are asking God on December 31st or New Year, Father, I need this, I need that, you don't really know that need. And God expects a man to sit down and evaluate his life. And when you see this, uh, you, know, you know, the face mask and stuff, you might have found yourself that up to now your house is not ready for Christmas. You haven't dressed your house, everything looks tattered and stuff because you have been affected psychologically. That you are not functioning anymore like you are. And you have to break loose of that. I have to tell you this. When you see my face next Sunday, everybody this week, sit down and calculate what your life this year cost you. Okay? You may not be very, very accurate in analysis, but you can add all what you can think very easily to do it. Look at your bank statement from January to now. You can see all your outgoings. Take time to write them down. It won't take you more than three hours if you have 12 months bank statement. I can tell you that because I've done it. You write them down. If you cannot separate them into various categories, just accumulate them. So that you can say that my earning this year is, take home pay is, um, you know, 80000 or 70000 And my expenditure this year, all total is 75000 So therefore... If you are breaking, if you are having just 5,000, you know, you know, left over in your salary, it means that you are ready for 140,000. 
Because the Bible covenant with us who believe in Christ that he will make all grace abound to us so that we have at all times to be able to give. You cannot be eating all that you earn. That is not a lie from God. That is just average. That's not for believers. So now you can now begin to say that, okay, this is the position I am today. Now in my career, to earn 100,000 or 120,000 or 140,000, I will need to be in this position. And then you can look at what you are now and say, okay, what do I need to get to that position? And by New Year, when December comes, when you come before God, those are your prayer requests. That, Lord, I want to be in this position I need X, Y, Z. If you need training, if you need courses to go back to, you can now evaluate that. How long will that course take me? This month you should do that. So that when you enter next year, you, when I tell you to bring prayer requests before God, you are bringing a, a reasonable, a, let me not say reasonable, a reasoned prayer request. Something that you really analyze, you can defend it before God. If you do that, then the word of God applies. God is able to do exceedingly far above what you can imagine or ask. If you do not have imagination before that scripture cannot be fulfilled. Then you'll be living a sensual life, which many people live on earth. As God's children, you mustn't. You must connect to heaven to detail through the word of the living God. I will get there now. So that you have added values to your life. You are not just satisfied with whatever salary. Any salary you earn in the world, you have responsibility equivalent to it. It's a matter of time. And it is God's will that you prosper and be of good health. So, check that up within now and the end of the week. And then we'll stop talking about budgeting in the last few days of this month. I hope I'm very clear. Yes, we will do it. Say amen. Don't worry, I'm hearing your voice anyway. <laughs> now, let me just discuss with you briefly. 15 minutes, I'll finish this one. What I wanted to teach you and what I've been teaching you since last Sunday is the benefit of serving in the household of faith. The benefit of serving in the household of faith. I will give you pointers on this and we'll continue probably uh, where we finish our review on our daily prayer line. I may continue teaching this so that I can cover it before the end of the year. Now, the benefit of serving in the household of of faith. Every Christian must love or must understand. Every Christian must understand that your service to God... has benefits. You must you must have a conviction that your your service on earth has benefit. But let me say something to us. When you wake up in the morning, what you do to your life has has to do with the benefits you will get in your life in the future. So you go to school. I haven't gone to school. Whatever you put into that education has to determine, it will determine what you can actually. You have a benefit from it. So when you now get a job, your commitment to your job has benefits as to the future, whether you be promoted or not promoted, or whether you go higher in the career. So also what you do on earth with God and in God 
is what will remain for you and I after death. Now, let me reflect your mind back to who are you, by the way, and who am I? Who are we? That is the saints of God on earth. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, If I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household. So that scripture reveals to us that we are members of God's household. 1 Timothy 3.15 We are members of God's household. If I am delayed, Paul said, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household. So the first major message in that is that we are members of God's household. The second important thing is that we must be taught about conduct in the household of God. And that is where your service comes in. Apart from your behavior. And it says, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. So we understand there that the household of God is the church of the living God. And it is the foundation and the pillar of truth. I will get now. So, that I have taught very, very extensively on you being members of God's household. You must begin to understand and be conscious. Not that you understand, but you need to be more conscious that when you say you are a Christian, you are a family, you are a member of a family, and the head of the family is the Father, God Himself. And you must understand, as it is in the human family, it is in God's family. Everybody has assignments, and everybody has a duty, and each person must find out their duties. And each person must be able to work the assignment out. And the one who evaluates you and I is the father of the house, not anyone among us. Therefore, I was looking into this lecture again and I found out there are three dimensions of God's operation in the church. Three dimensions of God's operation in the church. The operations of God in the church can be classified into three dimensions. Dimension number one, Jesus calls us to service. That's the first dimension. Everybody born again, Jesus has assignment for them. He calls us to service. Once somebody is born again today, he is called to the way. You are not called to be saved just to do nothing. Because if you do nothing, you remember the parable of the talents. When you die and get to heaven, you have nothing. So God, Jesus saves us into service. Number two, dimension. Holy Spirit gives us gifts. And number three dimension, God the Father works the gift through us. Jesus calls us to service as you are coming into the household of faith. Holy Ghost gives you gifts the same as you are born again. And then God is waiting to see you nurture the gifts in you. So that when God wants to use you, he goes into the gifts and he works it through you. This is the holy word of God. So as I told you initially when I was teaching you on 21st century leadership, remember I told you there are two major areas of leadership that is so commendable, which you can really reflect from Christ too. Number one is servant leadership, and number two is transformational leadership. And I told you that in transformational leadership, there is no weakling. The least in the, in the midst of them is needed to keep the link going. 
So what transformational leadership looks at, it focuses on the weak one and makes him strong. Do you get it now? That's the reason why the Bible says that the weak should say, I'm strong. Having the understanding of that, that is the reason why you can see this, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Remember the three pillars of operations in 21st century operations. Now, we are going to New Year. Really, let me just crack this joke with you. I was listening to this um, EU and uh, uh, UK issue. You know it's my baby. That is the Brexit. I did my papers on Brexit before Brexit took place. So it's my baby. Whenever they talk about it, I want to know what people are saying and views and stuff. And you can see those who are racketeering and those who have common sense talking but many don't have the common sense there because you have the scaremongering people who just talk any bad news that's what they want to carry but there are some guys who come in and tell them the truth and now the truth is almost not believable because you know they will have it they have they have to decide they have to agree you know so however the case may be the president of of eu was speaking yesterday and said either we break we we agree we 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 brexit with an agreement or you know we just go on UN terms she said the inevitable is that it is new beginnings I said what what is this the year of new beginnings so the head of UN EU is just catching what Holy Ghost told you and I since last year God told us this last year that this year shall be the year of new beginnings. When she said new beginnings, remember I told you when the Holy Ghost told me that this is the year of new beginnings, I questioned the grammar. That how can you say new beginnings? I thought you would have said the year of new beginning. However, God is always correct. You only need to catch up with his intelligence. <laughs> so I said, okay, we put it there. It's the year of new beginnings. The printer said to me, new beginnings. I said, no, he said that, but, but in English I said, forget about it. God said new beginnings. We have not known that COVID will come, you know. And she said, it's going to be new beginnings at the end of our deal. However, why am I saying this to you? You need to understand that for you and I, it demands collaboration of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It demands the cooperation of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And also revelation, which is transparency. If you leave this place today recognizing your position, I'm done. So the first thing you know is that all of us are called to service. Scriptures, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7 to 8. It says, but to each one of us, grace has been given. That is past participle tense. Grace has been given. By who? As Christ apportioned it. So we don't understand the fact that to everyone again, Jesus gives grace. And he gives us in various portions. That's why you can have someone in an office, 10 people in an office, they don't operate equally. Because the portion he gave to Mr. A is different from Mr. B. But you need to recognize this. We'll look at that more deeply. This is why it says... When he ascended on high, he led captives in his trail and gave gifts to men. Underline the word, he gave gifts to men. So there is no waste in the church. No one in the church can say, I don't have any gift. You do. 
It is not possible for you to be born again without a gift. It is impossible. That is the reason why the church of God must be very careful. You know, all this prosperity nonsense that has been racketeering in the house of God that made some people beastly rich and others adversely poor and miserable and confused. It has to stop because God will judge it next year. All this deliverance, deliverance, deliverance nonsense, which people have been propagating and wrote, written various books upon, will stop. Because people need to know, people who are in the kingdom of God, they need to know about angels and cherubs and the seraphs, and they need to know about what's happening in heaven of God, not what is happening in the devil's place. We are not born into Satan, Satanism, we are born into the kingdom of God. Anyone who doesn't have the encounter should just keep quiet and not be, continue to tell us about demon is this, Satan is that, there are all these type of spirits, and some Christians who, unfortunately, they love to read books like that, where they have not understood the heavens around you is one step and you are in it. And it's easy, but you need to be educated. So understand what I'm saying. As we go into New Year, focus will change. Because people begin to question all those rubbish teachings. Which one is better for you to know? Christ and the power of his resurrection or Satan and demonology? If anybody knows the Bible, you will know that it is a taboo to say that a Christian can be cursed. A Christian cannot be cursed. That's the Bible. That is the word of the living God. Nobody, no matter how angry anybody is against a Christian, let him curse him. It will not happen. The Bible says, as a darting sparrow that has no rest, so a curseless curse shall not be. The Bible says that my spirit upon you and my word in your mouth will be upon your children and your ancestors. There is no such a thing as generational curses. For Christians, it does not exist. a lie. I came from a cultic family, and I'm not cursed. And nobody conducts deliverance for me. My father came from Satanism. That's why I weep when I read, when I sing, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. When I sing it, I remember my father. I remember how people who are born in my family are dedicated to Satan from one month pregnancy. They will dedicate you to Satan in my family. Three months, there is another ritual they will do. Seven months, another ritual. And when your, you know, any woman in my family conceives, she cannot go into labor. If she goes into labor without demons telling the husband, she, the, the husband will command that labor and it will stop by evil spirits. And then they will go and consult their evil spirits. And they will give them the dates. When the date comes, they will begin incantation. It is their incantation that will bring the labor. That is how that child will be born. I was conceived by a womb who was bound by Satan to do that, and a father who was a priest of Lucifer. But you see something? Both of them came to Jesus, and nobody lay hands on them for any deliverance. I don't know where people get all those rubbish from, if not from the pit of hell. When the Bible says, if the son therefore set you free, you shall be free indeed. Did he say, if the, if the son set you free through a pastor, or through a prophet or apostle? No. You encounter Jesus, that's it. It's either you are free because you encountered him, or you are bound. Means you have not encountered him. Those nonsense should stop in the church of God. That's why you cannot see testimony of Satan in my lips. I serve a God that is, that is living. He is the God of the Bible. He didn't say, teach them the ways of the devil. Teach them the ways of Jesus Christ. You have a gift from the day you are born again. Full stop. The church duty is to develop the gift in you so that you can manifest that gift. Any gift you see manifest in me, 
I want to see it manifest in you because I will be blessed by your own gift as you are going to be blessed by my own gift. Everybody has a gift. To each one of us, grace has been given as Jesus apportioned it. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 5. There are different kinds of services, but the same Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, He's in charge of service. He calls you to service. And 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, even drove the nail further right in the point. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has, who has given me strength, that He considered me faithful, appointing me to His service. And you understand here that, there is a call to service, then there is appointment to service. So we are all called to service. Like Jeremiah chapter 2. We are all called to service. Well, from chapter 1 really. Chapter 1, Jeremiah. I think chapter 1, Jeremiah, let me see 4 and 5. Everyone is called to service. You, before you were born, God programmed your service. When you not get born again, you, you enter into service. Isn't it? Give me Jeremiah 1. Yeah, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Alright? That is correct to everybody, either born again or not born again. Before you were born, I set you apart for those who will accept Christ. And then he says, I appointed you as a prophet. And you know that Jeremiah was 17, around about 17 when this scripture came to him. So, he had been set apart from the womb. That's why some of these children, we name them, we tell by prophetic, I'll tell you the career they will do in life, I will tell you their calling, and now they have grown in church, they, are do, they have fulfilled that. Because you have been prepared by God before you were born, he, he had set you apart for those things. But, he said, I appointed you. Appointing is when you manifest and then you are commissioned. That's when you're given a portfolio. So, all of you have been called to service. All of you have gifts by the Holy Spirit. When the gift develops, then you'll be appointed a portfolio. And then the Father will walk through you. That's the reason why anyone that God uses to raise the dead, to heal the sick, you don't do nothing. It is God who is doing it. Father is walking it through you. He, he owns the gift and is walking it through you. That's why you cannot boast of any power or any anointing. Some people have said that anointing caused them something. That is the anointing they collected from Lucifer. If you see any minister say that, do you know what anointing caused me? Pack your bag and Bible. Don't speak, just walk out because he's a messenger of Satan. Anyone who is of Christ can never say what Jesus, what God works through man belongs to man. It does not. It's different from, you know, your engineering degrees. So, Jesus calls to service. Number two is the Holy Spirit gives all Christians gifts needed to serve. And the book of 1 Corinthians 12, 4. 12, 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. Holy Spirit gives you the gifts. And the gifts are in you, according to the principle of Jeremiah. So that when you get born again, the gift is manifest. And somebody needs to train that gift in you. And you need to find it to flame, flame too. Use it, use it, use it, use it, use it. And then it will grow. But if you don't use it, it will remain where it is. And you think you don't have it. I have sat in pews for some years not knowing that I have gift to even raise the dead inside me. 
And when people are sick, I will call those, I think they are their superstar of God to come and pray for them. Until the trigger was pressed in me by the Holy Spirit. Seeing a couple of dead racing, lame walk, you know, blind see, you have all that videos, you know, at your disposal. But these gifts have been there. Somebody needs to just nurture it. And what I'm doing and what my ministers do in CFT Global is to nurture the gift inside you. We don't, we, I, want you I want to retire. And I think um, my hope to retirement age, Prophet Zach, can I retire now? I'm not up to retirement age. When I'm 90, I will retire. No problem. <laughs> However, I want you to manifest so that I too can sit down there and see you manifesting and I can say, Lord, I thank you. I can say now my soul can depart when my time comes. For my eyes have seen the salvation of your people. And that is the word of the living God. You have gifts. Don't let anybody tell you you don't have gifts. You do have gifts. You have grace. It's not given by man. It's given by God. And then the third one is that God works in us and through us for the service. And that is verse 6 of 1 Corinthians. See, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, 5, 6. They are so pregnant. It says, there are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all. Let me close. What is the purpose of gifts of God? One, it says in the book of 1 Corinthians 12, 7, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for common good. And that is what uh, Jeremiah says that appointed you. Appointment comes when there is manifestation of the gift. So, why did God give gifts? For common good. The King James Version says to profit others. Every gift God gave you is for other people. That's why my own gift, you are going to get the benefit. Your own gift will serve me. I will get the benefit. So therefore, so if God gave us gifts so that we can benefit other people, can, I, can, can we make it fast about it's, it's mine, it's mine, it's not ours. It's, the, it's God's gift that God gave to you so that you, he can use you to be a blessing to others. So when you see somebody prophesying, don't make a God of him. At least you two can prophesy. No be so. So, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Why? Verse 12. To prepare God's people for the work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So, this is where I'm going to stop today. Alright? Yeah, no, I will stop in the next one. You know, because you will understand that. So, the reason is to profit others. And Ephesians says, to build the body of Christ. Yes? So you have a part in this building. That is the church of the living God. I, you know, if you, are, if you are a person who follows me as I follow Christ, you must know that you are not meant for CFT alone. You are a member of the global body. There are some people, they will go on the streets and they want to preach to you. Say, oh brother, I'm born again. They say, and so that's why I have to preach to you. Are they not mad? No, there's no other name to call it. That is mental neurosis. When you see somebody who proclaims Christ and you think he's the person you should preach to about Jesus, you are neurotic. 
Something has happened to that person mental. Psychiatry, Dr. Digini, you will be able to teach more about this. It's like somebody sees you as a man and he says to you that, are you really a man? If somebody sees you a man and is asking you, are you really a man? What is wrong? What do you think we're wrong with him? Something is wrong upstairs. I would mean now. If you meet someone in the road and the person confesses Jesus, he's your brother. He's your brother. He's your sister. It does not matter what name of church he attends. He believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a member of your family. And you must understand this. And I don't want any one of you to do what I don't do. You don't see people and begin to judge what you think because you are not God. You don't know anything apart from what you see. I would mean, sometimes you see people in their dressing, they look funny. Somebody went to a man, and that man is, um, you know, a rough sleeper. He sleeps on the outside there, you know, he doesn't have a homeless. And he looks dirty with all this, you know, stuff. And this, this brother went to preach to him. And so when he was preaching, when he started talking to him, he quoted the scriptures. And the man said, excuse me. And the man went into his rubbish, you know, those bags, and brought out the Holy Bible and opened it. He said, oh, you have Bible? And he says, I'm born again and spirit-filled. The man was shocked. He did not expect someone in that condition to be a saint of God. He forgot the story of Lazarus and the poor man. I would get that. So, don't go about judging people. Go and show them the love of Christ. Then you will be of Christ himself. Don't worry. So, Colossians chapter 3 verse 25. The Lord will reward your service in his household. And that's why I want us to start. Colossians chapter 3 verse 4 verse 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. God will reward you. So if church doesn't reward you, you don't have to worry. You don't seek reward from members. You seek reward from the Father. And if they reward you, no problem. Nobody can reward you if God had not put it in their heart to do so. You need to know this. If you're a faithful person... You will never get anything from man except what God has instructed man to give you. And that's the reason why your faithfulness and relationship with God, I told you all the time, all the time, all the time, that's the paramount. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who will stand in his holy place? Those who have pure heart and clean hands. Who do not set their heart on all this vain nonsense that will go away from this world. Perish after you are dead. If your heart is in the Lord, nobody, you will find favor that God has ordained. If God tells the devil to go and bless you, he will leave his, his destruction and he will come and bless you. He has power over every spirit. The major thing is your relationship with God, personal relationship, not our relationship with God. You will have a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And verse 25 says, anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong. Understand that God will repay everyone. Both for his good and wrong. He says, and there is no favoritism. So you and I must be careful not to do bad. Not to sit in the counsel of the wicked. Not to allow pajoras around you as friends. 
Reface yourself with righteousness. So that people who are wayward, when they come to you, they are afraid to be wayward. Those who go about backbiting and you know, assassinating other people's character, when they see you, they will shut their mouth because they are afraid that you, you can't penetrate him with that. He will send you out. And don't wait for them. When they open up, shut them instantly. That no, you can't say things like that in my presence. Tell them you are a liar. You are coming to give me a report about somebody who is not standing by you. You are a liar. That's a lying weakness. If you have something against somebody and you think I should hear it, you must bring that person before my presence. That is conscionable to think about. It's, it's an appropriate way to reason. There is nothing good in hearing bad news than bad things. I will together now. Seal your heart. Ring fence your mind. So that no garbage enter into your heart. Fortify your heart. And let me tell you, you will have a glorious rest. It's win-win, nothing to lose with God. I would get that. Now, before we pray, you can see in what I've taught you, what I call the holy interconnectivity. That is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the Son, calls you to service. Holy Ghost gives you the gifts, and the Father works the gifts for you. That is holy interconnectivity. They are three in one. They cannot be divided. And the scripture that tells you that or cement that to you is John chapter 16 verse 12 to verse 15. I have much to say to you, Jesus said, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, there's the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own understand that. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. These are the things Holy Spirit will do to you and to me. He will bring glory to me, says Jesus, by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that the Father all that belongs to the Father is mine. You see, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Jesus calls you to service. He sends the Holy Spirit to give you the gift, and the Father works the gift through you. Jesus sends you to service. Holy Spirit gives you the gift, and the Father works in you. So in you and I is the combination of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in operation. Anyone that these three people work over, forget it. No power on earth, no power on the earth, no power in heaven that can overcome them. You are a man, but as a person in your spiritual, you have the Father, you have the Son, you have the Holy Spirit. Don't let anybody intimidate you with anything. No weapon for against you will prosper. That's what the Bible says and that is the truth about you. It's a matter of you cooperating with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in you. Listening to the written word which is written by the Holy Spirit and the Son of God, His instruction to your life and forget it. You will get to the highest peak. Nothing can hinder you if you can cooperate with them. This is where we are going to today. What I'm saying to you is the benefit of serving in the house of the faith, shall bow heads to pray. A God and King, we thank you so much. Your gift is in everyone who have heard me. But sometimes when we are younger in the Lord and we see others who are manifesting the gifts, we will say, oh my, I wish I have it. But you might have put in that person more gift than the person he is admiring. Grant everyone the understanding of what I'm teaching, Lord which is your word, that we may walk before you and be straight. That we may love you with all our hearts. That we may desire you more than anything. 
that I may love you to the place where there is no other love for any man or anything that can be ramped with your love in us. Oh, my King. We submit ourselves to you, Father, that you walk through us, even our children. In Jesus' holy name we are praying with thanksgiving.